Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Dang it, Jamie. Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to The Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it, but I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Hey, 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 everybody. It's that time again, time for another episode of The Neurodivergent Nurse. Now, I just want to say thank you for not blowing up my mail or Instagram or any of those things about the podcast not going out last week. There have been some um, saddening news dealing with my family, and so last week was actually a really horrible week because the day after I got the news, I also had my first physics test, which I made a 38 on. Yes, 38 out of 100. When I tell you that I was so emotional, I, I could not read a sentence on the test and make any sense of it whatsoever. I'm not even talking about like, I can't figure out which formula to use. I couldn't string together a sentence like, the guy threw a ball from the top of the building at 24 degrees. That made no sense to me. So I needed to take a week off to try to emotionally regroup and just really decompress. Well, are things better now? No, they're not. But I'm here, so that's something, right? If you know me, you know I think we need to celebrate all the small victories. And recording an episode of The Neurodivergent Nurse is certainly in my mind, a victory worth celebrating. Before we get started on the topic at hand, I just want to say thank you to Abigail Gimple. I hope that I said that right. Last night, I had a book waiting on me whenever I got home from work that she sent me that she wrote. I don't have children, and so when people ask me questions about children with ADHD or how to handle certain things as a parent of children with ADHD, I have zero idea how to go about any of that. I don't know any resources to really send, but she was awesome and sent me a book that she wrote named Hyperhealing, The Empowered Parent's Complete Guide to Raising a Healthy Child with ADHD Symptoms. So, I'm super excited. I'm going to let you guys know what I think, and maybe I'll just have a little bit more knowledge on the topic of ADHD, especially dealing with children. So thanks a lot, Abigail. I really appreciate it, and I can't wait to get started reading it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you have ADHD and you're listening to this episode of the podcast, I just want to ask you a question. Do you think that you are a good, even great multitasker? If you said yes, then you're not alone. A lot of people with ADHD think that we are supposed to be really, really good at multitasking. There's something intuitively appealing about the idea of those of us with ADHD 
compensate for our inattention by being able to juggle 10 tasks at a time. It really is a very satisfying narrative where ADHDers ultimately redeem ourselves, right? I mean, sure, our attention might be all over the place and we might not be able to sustain our focus the way other people can, but we actually make up for it with an ability to do multiple things at once. Unfortunately, there's no evidence that people with ADHD are better at multitasking. And there's a reason to believe that we might, in fact, be worse at it. Don't turn off the episode of the podcast yet, because I'm sure you're thinking, mm, I highly doubt this episode pertains to me because I'm great at it. Well, then you might just want to listen in. So what would be the case that would cause us to be worse at multitasking? Well, if you remember, those of us with this ADHD brain... We have impairment in what's called executive functioning. Essentially, executive functions are our ability to efficiently make, use our cognitive resources to tell our brains what to do, to self-regulate and to decide on how to use our brain power. One of the examples of executive function is attention. We're telling our brains what to focus on and what to tune out. But here's the thing. Multitasking is also an example of executive functioning. In fact, paying attention to multiple things simultaneously is quite a complex exercise in telling our brains what to do. All right, so let's put it another way. As far as we can tell, concentrating on multiple tasks seem to require the same cognitive skills as concentrating on just one task. So it's not a big stretch that if we can't do the latter part of it, then chances are we probably shouldn't assume that we are incredible at the first part of that. So here's the interesting part. There's been research that has been done that suggests that people like us with ADHD do seem to have subtle but real disadvantages in situations that require multitasking. For example, children with ADHD tend to have a slower response time when multitasking than children without the condition. Meanwhile, adults with ADHD seem to have their mood and motivation drop more when they're having to multitask. Now, of course, there are situations that you're probably really great at multitasking. I'm really good at listening to conversations around me while I am doing something else. I can tell you all the conversations that are happening in a very close proximity. And I do believe that multitasking can be helpful for certain people with ADHD in certain situations. But the idea that people with ADHD are generally more adept at multitasking than those without the disorder, it just doesn't really seem to hold up any significant weight, at least when it's examined scientifically. When you start thinking about it, we may end up multitasking more just because we have a tendency to get distracted. But that doesn't mean that we're actually better at working on multiple projects simultaneously in a productive way. I'm a why person. If I think that something needs to change, I need to know why I do it first. So why do you always feel the need to multitask? Is it because you feel overwhelmed with everything that you need to do? So you need to do them all that you can manage at one time? Does it feel like everything is important and that you need to put all the fires out right now? Do you have a sense of urgency that gives you the energy to keep on doing without regard for priorities and a plan? And what happens when you start to drop balls? Do you see this as evidence that you need to work more and even faster? Do you also feel a little helpless in a sense that you really don't have a choice, but you've got to keep on doing everything at once? Now, I want you to stop and think too, 
What is the cost of working like this? Think about it. As you work so hard to keep all of the balls in the air, you forget what's really important to you in that moment. And as I'm sure you know, those of us with ADHD, our time is now and not now. So you may feel like we just need to do everything or else we're going to forget or we're not going to get to it. Things just seem too big if we don't do it right then. But what we forget when we do this, we don't take into account our values, really our priorities, the projects that have due dates that are way far in the future, and all of the intermediate steps that need to be completed in order to complete your long-range projects. And you know what else that you often forget while you're multitasking on so many things? You forget to take care of yourself. You lose focus. I want you to think about the things that you do the most that require multitasking. Now, I want you to think and realize how many transitions you take as you go back and forth between your tasks. I am willing to bet you lose track of where you are on a task and you frequently have to start over, that you need more time to complete a task because you don't allow yourself enough time to really just be focused on one thing at a time. And I'm also willing to bet that you feel really overwhelmed at times. As always, I'm going to give you some tips to make this easier on you and so that you can focus on one task at a time, the task that's most important maybe at hand. The first thing I'm going to have you do and think about is front load planning. Rather than doing one thing and then stopping and thinking about what to do next, plan your tasks ahead of time. That way you can stay in action mode rather than switching back and forth and doing all the different ones. It would probably be great at the beginning of your week or even at the beginning of your day. I keep talking about my bullet journal and how much I love it, but I do this. I write down all the things that I want to get done and then I can pick out one or two really important things from that list that I need to focus and make sure that I do. That is my top priority. And then if I don't get around to the rest of them, I don't know, okay, so what? At least those few things that I chose are going to be done. They're going to get completed and they're going to be done well. The next thing, sort your tasks. Some tasks like cleaning or organizing, they can be done according to action rather than time. For example, instead of picking up the shoes and putting them in the shoe closet, then picking up the shirt and hanging it up, try to pick all the things up in a room that are out of order and then sorting them according to location and then put them away. This keeps your brain in one task at a time. Next, feed your brain. A tired, hungry, exercise and medication-starved brain is a dopamine-hungry brain. It will seek out that dopamine in the form of new stimulation all over the place, which will cause an endless switch back and forth between your task and trying to do it all. Give that brain a fighting chance and give it the fuel that it needs to stay on task. Okay, pop quiz. When is multitasking not multitasking? The answer is when one of the tasks is automatic. Try extending the shelf life of your solo attention by providing your body something else to do. Walk while you're listening to a lecture. Watch a video while you're doing the dishes. Use a fidget while you're on a Zoom call. Use a timer if needed. I love using timers. To remind yourself when you need to transition between tasks. I did this earlier today. When my brain is heavy and when my brain feels like it's on fire, then it helps me to be able to sit down and create a piece of art. 
when I got up this morning, I went ahead, fixed my coffee, did all that stuff. I have things that I really needed to accomplish. I had to record a podcast episode with a guest. I had to finish up my lab work for physics. I had to go to physics class and I needed to do a little bit of studying before I went because, you know, remember that 38 I told you about? I set alarms for my painting time. I set an alarm for my study time. I set an alarm for all of these things to notify me when it was time for me to transition to a different task. If you think that you might forget where you are in a particular task, make notes for yourself before you move on. This will make it easier to pick up where you left off. When you're planning your day, you need to plan enough white space, enough time so that you don't feel hurried between the things that you need to do. And you need to take the time to tweak your plan when it doesn't go as you expected it to. If you're a Patreon of the Neurodivergent Nurse, I am going to add a sheet within the next day or two to the Patreon account that you can actually print off as a PDF that I made that maybe help you try to figure out what tasks are important so that you won't end up trying to do them all at the same time. And remember that when you do drop the occasional ball, even though you tried your best and you had really great intentions, practice forgiveness. It's going to happen. I know it will. You know it will. Then figure out how to address the lapse rather than forgetting about it because you may feel ashamed. Maybe it's just as simple as, I'm sorry, how can I make it up to you? And the bottom line is multitasking rarely works well. Try to plan as best you can, but expect that you're going to need to make some changes in order to plan and changes to the plan. And please be compassionate with yourself. I was going to get back into telling a joke because let me tell you, anything I can do to laugh is a good thing right now. And so I was going to tell you a joke about pizza, but then I decided not to because it was a little cheesy. Have a great week. If you would like to contribute to this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the neurodivergent nurse, where you can get an exclusive bonus episode, script of the show prior to the release, uncut video interviews of the guests, input on upcoming shows and ideas, and even more. Also, be sure to follow the neurodivergent nurse on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with someone that you think could also benefit from the neurodivergent nurse. And go ahead while you have time and while you're thinking about it and rate it and leave a review five stars on your favorite listening platform so that other people can find the show easily as well and i hope you have a wonderful week and i can't wait to talk to you again